You're listening to the All In Podcast with your hosts, Shane and Blake, giving you a new perspective on the dental industry. Are you ready to go all in? Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Welcome to the All In Podcast. The podcast brings you a new perspective on the dental industry. I'm Shane McElroy, and as usual, I'm joined by Blake McClellan. What's up, dude? Yo, I'm like very anti, I'm like low energy right now. I'm a little drained. Which is funny because we released an episode today where you're like super high energy and I was the drained one. So we'll go back and forth there. It's no big deal. Welcome to the ebbs and flows of Blake McClellan. <laughs> Life as an entrepreneur, or you know, in general, it is. You know, it's it's. Once someone told me some wise advice when I first joined the medical industry, uh, this is when I was literally living out of my 1988 Buick and on people's couches. They said it's a manic depressant industry, and I was like, oh great, I was raised by a manic father and uh, a manic depressant industry. This should be a recipe for uh, something great. <laughs> it's right at home for you, right? Right, home sweet home. <laughs> no, uh, but it is. I mean. Um, I think it's defeating often. Um, anyways, it, it, that's life. We all got our own issues. It happens. We do have a lot, especially you and I, we have a lot of issues. Oh, and by the way, thanks so much for the post today. I got a lot of messages <laughs> about looking so great for my age. <laughs> you yeah. Tell everybody what that was about. That was hilarious, man. Yeah, I posted about how uh, everybody should wish you a happy 54th birthday. And I thought it was Thank like you. far enough that People wouldn't take it for real, but like my business partner had to ask me, he's like, yo, is Shane really 54? And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> so happy, happy birthday to Thank Shane. Thank you. He really appreciate 38. it. Yes, 38. 38. You'll know this soon enough as you have a young one on the way, but once you get past 30, I mean, and you're a guy, nobody really cares. But when you have kids, definitely nobody cares. So like I, my wife yesterday was like, it's daddy's birthday tomorrow. And my youngest was like, oh, he has the same birthday as our teacher. Our teacher's birthday is tomorrow. Here's what we're going to do. He didn't care about my birthday. He cared about his teacher's birthday. But that's uh, kind of the way it is. Here's man. some socks and a tie. Happy freaking birthday. Yeah. So my wife's like, we can go anywhere you want to dinner. I'm like, can we just go get pizza? Oh, <laughs> that's what we did. I know. When I came home, Lisa was like, all right. When you, I was driving back from Charlotte. She's like, what do you want to do? I was like, honestly, I just want to order a freaking pizza and watch TV. Like, I'm so fried. You know, being in Chicago when it's like 12 degrees and windy and rainy and just the typical Chicago, which, by the way, dental industry, to. can we just like seriously spend a little freaking more money and like book cities that at their prime times to be there instead of Vegas when it's cold and Chicago when it's cold and like the oh. only thing they do is ski meetings, right? That's it. That's but those are like small meetings. They're not even the big ones. Yeah, like, you're right. You know, they – and I, I tell you what, dude. I love these smaller meetings. I'm actually going to kick off another one myself, like the DIA. Maybe not as – half the size of DIA. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, probably a little bit smaller than that actually. Closer to about 200 people. But, dude, I'm all about this like niche meeting thing where it's more about the experience better. and less about the quantity Quality um, of people. Speaking of that, they had quality – you know, it's quality of people. I was at Bulletproof yeah. Summit, which was There's a good incredible. example. Incredible. And it was like – I think they probably had 200 people, but I mean it felt like more than that. But the people there were just so damn cool. It's kind of like a DIA where everybody's just there to learn from each other. And it was just a great environment. And I needed it too because I was kind of flipped from where you are at this exact moment. You know, I was, you know – Personally, I was like a little bit down, kind of lost a little bit. And I just, it was the perfect time to go to that meeting, get that fire under my ass and have, you know, 
Craig Spodak and, and Peter Bolden and just uh, lead me the right way. Clarity Bring is me. key. Uh, you know, I actually I had my business partner in. Uh, he, he came to my house today. We locked ourselves in my office for the entire day, put the phones away, and we did a design thinking session just to reevaluate our businesses because we're doing well, but not as well as we could be, right? And, and we're not – and I'll be honest. Like I think you get caught – in as Shane would say, the minutia, um, <laughs> you get kind of caught in the the rituals of it all, and you know you're looking at these dental conferences. We evaluated it. We took a we took a look at it. and We're like, dude, we're cutting out at least seven conferences this year. We're done. I mean, you know, even some of these conferences that are giving us free boost to do the live live stage or live still may not be an ROI with the hotel rooms and the dinners and all that crap and the time away from family. Yeah, that's it. That was the key component is I said, dude, is it worth two grand total net? Like that's literally what it breaks down to. We break down the dinners, the cost, the travel and everything, two grand, even 10 grand, you know, for four days away from your family. Hell no. Hell no. And and I'll be honest, 10 grand profit is not even happening. That's like, it's just, it's not enough. No. I mean, and I'll be honest, I took a lesson from some of the bigger companies. They are cutting back. They're all cutting back on these conferences. And ICOI, I got some videos from that conference. And literally, <laughs> actually, you Who sent me the video. From? Yeah, right. You were the one. You sent me the video. There was I no stopped major by sponsor. ICOI. Yeah, because Bulletproof is on the other side of Houston. And I stopped by ICOI with uh, Curry and a couple other guys. And uh, literally, none of the big boy implant companies were there. The biggest one was is it DIO? Do oh the Koreans they're coming OCO they they uh, don't have very good leadership I'll be honest a DIO they need they need some restructure of the leadership um, I don't know what they're doing but and, and that's from the U.S. leadership but overall I think the company story message is solid and if they get it right they get some key players like Neoden did when they came to the U.S. Or, uh, they will do well they'll do well they get some hired guns to get the industry. And have the relationships, I think they'll do pretty well. And they're kind of heavily patient focused. So I think that they'll start tapping into that other 89% that we talk about, that that market that's not being serviced. Sure. But it does say something like there was a lot of people at the ICOI, but the big brands weren't there anymore because the uh, it's ROIs. Dead. We're dead. calling it here. ICOI, rest in peace, soldier. You're no, dead. I'm not saying that. Love you guys. I said it. <laughs> Anyways. Dead. Well, We've got a really good guest, so I don't want to take too much time away, uh, just you and I talking because we do that way too much anyways. But uh, so I heard this guy on the Gary V podcast, right? And, and if you uh, don't know who Gary V is, stop listening to us. <laughs> seriously. Just stop. We, we you don't even you, get Gary. us. We drink um, the Kool-Aid all day. All day. All day. But it, it was kind of cool. So, you know, we always talk about just having no fear with the DM and just saying hello. And and that's what I did. So I, I – I heard the podcast and then I looked up the company and then I just found uh, the company on Instagram and then I DM'd the CEO and he responded back and he was just so freaking cool, all about disruption, all about brand building, um, follows the Gary Vee philosophy, I would say um, 100%. And it just I got to talk to him once. We were supposed to have him on right before DIA, and then DIA kind of came. You were scrambling, and uh, then we had another schedule, and I think I got sick or you got sick, and then the last time he got sick. So everybody's healthy right now. So we're going to take advantage of this while we can. So <laughs> This is a corona-free podcast. And by the way, if I get this his name right, I was joking with him uh, a few minutes ago. If I get it right, I get like bonus points. So welcome to the podcast, Sasha Dare Avanesian. <laughs> <laughs> 
son of a bitch, I ruined it. <laughs> well hey, done. Sasha, how are you, man? Well done. How long did you practice that one? Uh, like Not five times. Enough. I still kind of screwed it up, though, <laughs> but I think I was overthinking it. But, man, really stoked to have you on, man, finally. Yeah, me, too. me too. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And, uh, yeah, appreciate you reaching out. You know, um, I, uh, you know, this is a real honor. So thank you. Well, I don't know if it's a real honor for you. It is for us. So, um, <laughs> but we really do appreciate you. You, you do you realize you're on the All In podcast, not Gary's right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Sasha, um, uh, your company's Harvest Dental. Can you just give us like the the thousand foot view of, of what Harvest is? Yeah, absolutely. So, just a little background. Uh, I grew up in the lab industry. My my dad was a dental lab owner, and uh, he you didn't know, tell you to get out. No, he, he actually, uh, you know, it was, it was my playground. I, he couldn't get me out of the lab. I mean, I would rather go to the lab than go to the park with my friends. Um, I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed just playing with all the little trinkets and he'd give me a pot of hot wax and say, don't burn yourself and splash it around. And, um, it just kind of fell in love with the, with the industry. And, you know, my dad always told me he was a smile maker. And that's what I told my, my, you know, my friends, you know, that's what my dad did. And I told their dads, that's what my dad did. And so for me, you know, there was a real kind of sense of pride. And, um, you know, I, I knew that I didn't want to be a lab technician, but I knew that I wanted to be in the industry. And I had a lot of empathy for the lab because um, I saw just how difficult the business was and how hard, you know, my dad worked. And, and so, you know, as I, as I got older, you know, I left the lab and, and kind of did my corporate America thing. And then, um, but always had a vision and my vision was to create an emotional brand in the laboratory space. And the context was to create the Mont Blanc of dental lab products. Ooh, I like oh, that. I love that. Yeah. That was, that was the only way that I could kind of contextualize it. And the reason is because, you know, when you get a Mont Blanc, um, it's usually given as a gift. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a Mont Blanc or a Papermate both will write the same name, but there's something about kind of the Mont Blanc pen that's driven by inspiration. There's a story behind, you know, every development. And and that was how I wanted to create. And so I started Harvest Dental Products in a two-car garage in 2004 um, and really just, just focused on creating products that have a reason for being. And so um, our our, our company manufactures products in four kind of major food groups or categories, um, CAD CAM materials. And so we only focus on polymers. We believe polymers are the future of dentistry, uh, techno polymers, composites. And so we really focus there. Um, uh, and so we have, uh, you know, uh, denture tooth materials and CAD CAM blanks. We have, you know, 10 layer uh, provisional materials. We have techno polymers, trilor. Um, and then we also have some really nice waxes and, and really, you know, we kind of take GE, you know, Jack Welch, he just passed away. Rest in peace. Um, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And the, you know, the, the former, uh, CEO of, of GE, but he had a philosophy. He, he would, he would only go into business segments where he could be either one or two. And, and we kind of carry that same type of philosophy. And so it's CAD CAM materials, it's model management materials. So products on the analog side, uh, all ceramic accessories. So we would call these experience accessories. So we have like really beautiful mixing palettes and, you know, brushes that have magnetic tip interchange and, you know, really nice standing glaze brushes and stuff like that. And then dental packaging. So 
we're one of the largest producers of dental packaging. So we do, oh, wow. yeah, we do, we do uh, a lot of private label in this category, but we also have, have, have some branded products on the, on the laboratory side, but on the dental side, we do denture boxes, denture patient kits, uh, for some of the largest companies in the world under private label. So let me, uh, let me bring you back there to the awesome. two star, two stall garage. You know, when you had this vision, were you launching off anything with your, your dad's business or is this a startup on your own? No, it was a startup. Um, it was a startup. My dad actually, he ended up selling the lab in 1990. Uh, Harvest was founded in 2004. But, you know, I obviously everything that, that I learned from my dad uh, and my, my knowledge of the market, um, you know, is, is really born of my, my dad. So and, you launched this in 2004. Four years later, something drastic happens. What was that like? Because you just start getting your momentum in a startup. Usually that third, fourth year, you're really kind of finding your groove. Did you take a – did it hurt you at all in that 2008 well, crisis? Well, you know what? Actually, it's funny. I, I During – well, during the uh, – during the, you know, the, the Great Recession, we – we actually were growing. We, we've grown double digits, high double digits every single year, you know, since the formation of the company. But that's not to say that I didn't go through my own kind of internal entrepreneurial crises. Um, I would say probably year three. So when I started the business in a two-car garage, I was single, met, met my soon-to-be wife, and um, I invested basically everything in the company, uh, invested about 100000 bucks. God, I know um, that life. Right. <laughs> I I met my wife year one and Bless her heart. we're year four of my implant compare startup and we're having a baby on the way. So uh, I know exactly the desperation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Respect. I know the feeling. I can fully empathize. Yeah. And so, it you know, it was tough. And, and I remember, you know, so I actually lived in my first warehouse because I wanted to save money because, you know, I was still single and I, so I, awesome. I was just kind of like rolling up yeah. my sleeves and kind of, you know, doing the grind thing. And um, and I was OK with it. I was taking my showers, 24 hour fitness, which was right across the street. <laughs> and um, and and I remember kind of sitting in my boxers. It was like three in the morning and it was kind of a tough day. And, and I just remember calculating out and saying, you know, to take home like, you know, a thousand bucks a month, like how many new customers do I need to do I need to acquire? And I kind of, you know, did a rough calculation on my average selling price and the average invoice ticket. You know, we sell through distributors. So the Henry Shines and the mm-hmm. Patterson's and the Benco's of the world. And um, and and my calculation came, came back to me at 300 new customers. And I just remember, like, I didn't have a pot to piss in. I didn't have an Wait, average. Wait, for $1,000 in profit? No, no, $1,000 take home. Oh, okay. Just to take home an additional 1000 bucks. Gotcha. You know, because it was, it was lean. I mean, we were, you know, yeah. you know, when you start up from zero, right? I mean, you got inventory, you're making tooling. A lot of the products were injection molded. Um, you know, and so, you know, you're, you're leaning as much as you can, but you know, you're also just trying to tack on, you know, you're th- thinking, okay, that thousand bucks is going to cover rent. Right. And then, you know, you're taking home, let's say three, four grand, you know, it's, it's, it's hand to mouth, no doubt. Um, no wonder and, you uh, lived in the warehouse. <laughs> yeah. And so what, you know, it, it was, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of had to, right. I mean, I really didn't have a choice and I just remember being crushed and, um, and I remember, kind of, it was like one of the two darkest days I've ever had as an entrepreneur. And I just remember feeling like, what the hell did I do? You know? And, sure. um, and, and I'm a man of faith. And so I kind of just started praying, uh, and, you know, prayed to Jesus. And, um, 
I, as I was praying, this kind of question popped in my head and I grabbed a white piece of paper out of my printer and I wrote down, you know, if, if Harvest Dental was gone today, what would the market miss about me tomorrow? I love that. And that the answer to that question um, really became the foundation of the brand, which at that moment really kind of was, was, was activated. You know, I had fallen into the trap of, you know, where I wanted to start this thing, kind of this Mont Blanc of dental lab products. I, I fell into the trap of feeling like I needed to sell me twos because I needed to sell. Sure. And, um, we see that, I mean, we see that all the time in the industry. Everything's a me too, right? Yeah, Everything everything's, now. everything's a me too. And, and so, you know, that was kind of like the encouragement I needed to kind of stick with it. And what was crazy is that it took me, it took me eight years to reach a million dollars in revenue, which is a long time, especially in the dental space. Um, and then we started growing millions to multiple millions every single year since. So what do you, what was the answer to that question specifically for you? Cause you said that, you know, the answer to the question is what drove you, but what was the, your answer to that question? So ultimately I, the, the answer to that question was this, that I wanted to be refreshing, um, you know, refreshing is something that, that we remember and we remember it because in order to be refreshed, you know, something has to cut across the current state of being. And I felt like the lab industry needed a refreshing and revitalized approach um, to, to, product, to, to product development, product marketing, and product experience. And, and so that's really what I hinged the brand on. Um, was being refreshing. And so, you know, we've developed, you know, an operating system that, that allows us to do that in the marketplace, which is, which is why we have such incredible brand equity today. And um, really, I think, which is how Gary V ultimately found us. Um, And how did he find you guys? So, well, it, it was indirect. So some very good friends of mine, they own a company called Young Nails. Which I now follow because of you, and I love, I love their Instagrams. They're, awesome. they're incredible digital marketers. What's amazing is that they weren't always incredible digital marketers. Gary V got his hands on them, and ultimately, what happened is so Gary developed a um, kind of almost like this consultancy investment arm called Vayner Mentors, mm-hmm. where he looks for niche companies, uh, entrepreneurial spirited companies where, um, and, and, and there's a, you know, very strict criteria. Um, the CEO is an influencer or a visionary. Um, you know, they have kind of brand, right. They've got equity in the marketplace, right product, right price, right place. Um, they've got kind of energy and they're stuck. So they're stuck in the sense that a company could be growing like Harvest, let's say 18% a year, but when they look under the hood, they're like, dude, you should be growing like four or 500% a year. Yeah, just a huge opportunity there that maybe not isn't being seized yet. Correct, right? And even us, like we don't see it, we're stuck. 
And so Young Nails um, became the first Vayner Mentors company and exploded. So how, how Gary works with these companies is he basically invests his inner circle. Um, he invests his Rolodex, his digital marketing acumen. He gives you access to his chief operating officers, their director of strategy. Their, it's almost like an accelerator program, essentially. Correct. Correct. Okay. And, and so like just today, we had a call with, with their director of commerce um, because what they did is they did a full audit on our website. And they're like, all right, this is where you're hit, hitting it and this is where you're missing it. Um, and so, you know, they're looking at retooling everything. They do a full internal audit on our, on our business. They look at, you know, kind of where we're not scaling, um, you know, what opportunities are we leaving on the table? How I can to kind of see where they need a guy like you, Sasha, because if you are stuck or too in love with your own brand or products, then you're probably not going to be willing to listen, right? Correct. And, and I'm sure that they, they, you know, but that's why they go through this incredible kind of like, you know, auditing process. And then um, what happened was, is that they went to Young Nails and they said, hey, you know, who, who do you know um, in the dental medical space? And they recommended us. And then... Um, James Orsini, who is um, Gary V's number two, uh, he reached out um, and we had an incredible conversation. And then they introduced me to Mary Ballara, who's our director of consulting. And um, she came out, did like an audit and felt like we were a great fit. And that was basically how it started. That's so awesome. It's like he has his own Y Combinator that no one really knows about because it's not like he's forcing it down. The public story. He's kind of keeping it low key. It's not something when you hear Gary B, you don't hear him talk about all these things. No, no he, he gives everything away to the people who won't be his clients pretty much. He really does. And the thing about this guy is meeting him like, and, and being in a, in a conference room with him very quickly, you realize you're in with someone very different than than most of the people that I sit across. And I've sat, I've sat across, I mean, you know, CEOs of the largest companies in our industry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Bob Ganleys of the world, uh, you know, which are also special in their own right, you know, Iva Clarvibodent and all that. Sure. Um, but, you know, this guy will go down as one of the the most, um, you know, uh, he'll, he'll go down as, as, as one of the, the great entrepreneurial minds of our generation, there's no doubt. And, you know, I think oh, that yeah. there's still a lot of time and a, little, a lot of runway that he still needs to, you know, because he's still very niche. A lot of people don't know who he is. Um, but in 15, 20 years, dude, he'll, he'll everybody's be gonna uh, everybody's going to know. Everybody's going to know. And when he ultimately buys the Jets, right, which is like his ultimate goal. God, I can't wait until uh, he does that. That story is going to be – I mean, it's it's uncommon, right? Like he will go down as a very uncommon story. Um, and that's what we all want, right? It's we want true, want- like rags to riches in a sense, right? Like the, it is the American dream. I mean, it's self-made and it, I think the passion behind him is the most attractive thing about it. Well, and it's about the game for him. It's not like a number of money. He's just putting the jets out. I mean, he loves the jets, but like, it's not a dollar thing for him. It's a no. goal thing and, and his just drive. He's had a massive impact on my perspective and the way I, I view things now. I'm much more mm. positive person. And I don't mm. consume as much of him as I used to. And the reason is because we're busy making content now. Like he's yes. been preaching for a while. I was just listening, listening, listening. And finally, like, we got to do this shit. Yeah, we did. You know, yep. that's Try. right. And, and even me too. I mean, I, you know, it's funny. Like when you, when you start to turn, turn inward and you start to do the work, right. 
like you're, you're, you're now taking those precepts, those concepts, the methodology, ideology, and you're now putting them into practice. Um, and it's about the journey, right? Mm-hmm. It's about the journey. Um, it's about failing fast is what he says. Fail yeah. fast, fix fast, learn fast, love to fail. Like these are things you don't hear in school, right? Like I didn't learn that in school. You don't read that in business books. No. Um, that, that, you know, the faster you fail, the better it is because yeah, it's get it out of the way, learn. learn from it and move on to the next. Yeah. Very interesting. So and the world won't fall apart necessarily. Right. No. Like, and I think that's the biggest thing. It feels like it will, but it does. That's, yeah, it does. It does a lot, especially when you're an entrepreneur almost every day. Right. Oh, absolutely. So on that podcast, you were, what was interesting to me was I, I liked what he was talking about his vision. He's like into consumer, right? Like the actual patient is the target for you. But let's just dissect this for a second. Your direct customer is a lab and then their customer is a dentist, right? And then right. their client is the end consumer, which is the patient, right? And he was saying, let's bypass all that. Kind of like Invisalign did, right? Like they went uh-huh. direct – but, but that was even one less step than you. Are you guys going with that action plan? So, so the one thing that Gary does, right? So this is what's very interesting. So when we're in this, when we're in this conference room, right, we're meeting with this team for most of the day. It's about a six-hour day. Um, and they're basically just deep diving, right? And they're, they're, they're asking us questions. And, they're, and they're, 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 these are questions that are designed to actually present to Gary a whiteboard of information and he knows where to look for what. And so they're asking us about the supply chain, right? The value chain of the industry. So how does the value chain work and where do you, where do you sit? So you're a manufacturer, right? Do you sell directly to the dentist? No, we sell to labs. Okay. So you sell to labs. So do you sell to labs directly? Do you sell? No, we sell through distribution. Okay. Boom, 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 boom. Right. They literally create this, this, this value chain drawn out on a whiteboard with all these different answers to kind of the core questions, Gary walks in, he looks at the board and he immediately knows what questions to ask. Gary's genius is that he understands in every industry by looking at the value chain, what parts of the value chain are going to be vulnerable because of the internet. Mm, And he knows that because what he does is he knows where the gatekeepers are in traditional kind of hand-to-hand combat with regards to business. He knows that the dealers are gatekeepers. Yes, they, they absolutely are. It doesn't matter how good your product is. And it doesn't, if they don't want, if, 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 if they, they don't like you, in with a dead buy or a, they're getting a big rebate check every, every, you know, every month because of, because they sell millions of dollars worth of teeth. Right. Yeah. Um, they're not, they're not going to look at your brand. Nope. And so, and so what he also realizes is that like, you know, and it's the same thing with regards to being a book publisher or a musician, right? Like you don't, you know, the gatekeepers had the leverage, but now Absolutely. because of all this open source software and all the distribution that's now available, you have the leverage. Yeah. And that's why I think, you know, I had a buddy ask me, or actually it was, it was, uh, a surgeon that you know out in New York, his kid was going to go work at a company. And I'm like, it was one of the major distributors. I'm like, I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't start my career that way. And, and he goes, why? Well, I go, they're not bad companies. It's just that position 
is deteriorating. You got the guys who like the distributor rep who have like, you know, $8 million territories. They ain't going away. They're going to, they're going to die there and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But the guys coming in, no chance. They don't have a chance. No, Um, that's just my opinion anyways. No. And, and it's, and it's, and it's an accurate one. And, and so what he, what he then immediately says is, you know, he goes to where the leverage is and he says, you know, you have to have the consumer ask for your product. Now, you know, what, what, what Gary is doing is he's literally rattling at this point, he's rattling my mindset, my paradigm, because I'm going in with a different set of expectations. Right. And so he comes in and he throws a curveball, which forces everybody to stop and to think. And at the end of the day, um, what he's really asking is that we start to behave like a B2C company. The yeah. product lines, right? You have to have the right product to do that, right? Harvest Dental is a B2B company currently, right? Most of our revenue comes in lab materials, lab tools, lab accessories, lab packaging. So this this Vayner Mentors program is a three-year program. So it's a three-year kind of journey and commitment that he's making to us and we're making to him. And that started exactly when? Uh, well, it hasn't, it, it started, but I mean, we haven't been delivered the growth plan. So what they're doing is they're putting together a full growth plan for us, gotcha. which is kind of like a business plan, really. I mean, really in depth. And so we've had three pillars. So basically they, um, what, what they do is they identify after they do this kind of deep dive, they identify the five pillars that they feel are going to basically kind of uncork us, Right into this like into this like radical growth. And let's be honest, like if I would say 99% of the companies in the industry, especially the larger ones, if they were sitting in that room and they Gary Vee says you need to go straight to the consumers, they'd be like, "Oh, you just don't get our industry." No way. Right. No way. And and when they they would have tuned out right then. And the fact that y'all didn't was huge in that episode. When I th- think that comes down to Blake as well, uh, you got are you guys publicly traded? No, no. I'm, so I'm exactly. I don't see a larger company who's got to show profits all the time being able to kind of reset their path and go the long play, right? They got right. to have profits all the time. They got to show growth. Correct. And, and that's something that we don't, we don't have to do. And look, as a brand, I leave a lot of money on the table, right? And I think Gary is also very similar where he's like, I could never work for a publicly traded company because they'd fire me. because because he leaves too much money on the table right he because he invests in things like experience yep right which which other companies don't but you know going to your question so so did it change so what it does do is it changes the way we think about future products right Mm -hmm. Uh, it also it also i think gives us an understanding of really you know well First off, does the consumer have the leverage or actually does the dentist have the leverage? Because if I go to a dentist, if I go to a doctor and I'm like, I want this, this medication, right? And if he tells me, well, you can have this one, it's a little less expensive, but it's the same thing. I'm not going to argue with him because he's the consultant. Correct. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, there's a, there is an element of, you know, look, you know, your business, right? He's, but what he's doing is he's changing the way that you think. So you know, do we at some point go direct to consumer with an Invisalign kind of strategy? Maybe, maybe not. But it almost sounds scary though, as a dental lab, like 
I mean, honestly, when I heard it, I was like, oh, shit, where's he going with this one? You know, and, and <laughs> if you've listened to the whole thing and, and, and yeah. now hearing you talk about it, it's beautiful. It's just disruptive, which our industry is so narrow minded and tunnel vision. It's beautiful, but it's terrifying too because you know that you know the Sasha, you know the roadblocks there already. Where yes. Gary's only just then seeing him, and we know how far the industry is behind, so you know there's a lot of barriers there. So it's got to be terrifying as well. Doesn't mean it can't be done. It's just there's a lot of work. <laughs> there's a lot of work, and 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 so my question was, well, how do we do this on the type of budget that we have? And right, they have all of our financials, and they have all of our stuff. And he, you know, his thing is, you know, you 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 know, you don't eat the elephant right? With one bite, like you start with micro influencers, you start with finding, you know, dentists in high net worth areas, for instance, you know, like our temporary material, right? Like he saw a video, we showed a video in our presentation of a, of a, of a, of a patient getting the temporary put in Tempestetic is the, is the brand. And, you know, again, the product was developed because we believe that the patient should have the same experiential smile and, and emotion at the, at the provisional stage, the, the same that, that they would have at the permanent restoration seating. Well, and especially so, when that's the second when they see themselves in the mirror because there have been in quite a few of those cases where they're just like – they cry. They break down, which is the best part, right? So fact. you want them to have that beautiful – exactly what they want right then too. Yes, because quality is a feeling. Yes, Right. And so, and so that's the only way that we can substantiate our quality. We can never say our products are the best because only the technician or the, the, the doctor or the person who's experiencing it can tell us that. And so, you know, if somebody loves a product and somebody doesn't love a product, well, then what does that say about my quality? Is it on the left? Is it on the right? Or is it in the middle? So at the end of the day, quality is a feeling. And so when we showed this video, and the patient broke down crying and she said, I can't believe this is just a temporary. Right? At that moment, everybody in the room is – and, you know, Gary's just going like, this is fucking amazing, man. Like he, <laughs> you could see him just getting all riled up. Content gold yeah. right there. Right? And so, yeah. But it's and so, applicable to, to titanium. I mean if you if these implant companies started listening to this podcast right now or listen to your interview with Gary Vee, they could take the same approach. Uh, pharmaceutical drugs have been doing it for years. Absolutely. They definitely can. And, and so, and so again, I think the, the, the moral of that story was that what Gary V did is he changed the way that we think. And so now, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, creating like, like denture patient kits for the consumer and, you know, other really cool type materials that, that we can market to the consumer just to kind of break our internal friction towards that marketplace. Right. And so so there's a step by step process. He's not saying, hey, dude, throw all your marketing dollars here. What he's saying is keep growing your business in B2B, but start to eliminate the friction between you and that marketplace. So that when it becomes easier to go B to C, you're already the front runner there. You're already That's there. And, and, and then you sure. develop around that. So this could be a five year strategy. Right. It could be, you know, now we're thinking, all right. So, you know, because we're in polymers, we're, we're you know, we're developing a, a new composite material. Right. Well, that could be a prime material to market directly to the consumer because it has benefits over zirconia. It's got it's it's, you know, more akin to natural dentition with regards to, you know, the way the way that it flexes, whatever. Right. Yeah. And so we can create a story around those things. What they're doing is they're priming the pump. 
Dude, that's that's that's. I've taken a lot of notes during this podcast, which doesn't usually happen. This yeah, I am too. <laughs> uh, you know what I want to know is how good was that feeling when he found out you were in? Like once you got accepted into Gary Blake was B's really upset when it wasn't him. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted Gary hand, Gary's hands all over him is what he wanted. <laughs> I don't know if we're there yet, but yes, absolutely. It'd be, definitely be good to give you in his circle. And I think that's that's just awesome, man. It, it's a kudos to you guys, your team, because, I mean, you think of Gary V, you definitely don't think of Dental Lab. I love it. I, I wish we it. had like Actually, six more like, hours, to be honest with you. I'll be honest, man. I feel like I got like a $100,000 consulting session from this podcast. I got all kinds of notes. Cha-ching! I have a desk, so we I just can... ripped you off, Sasha. <laughs> you didn't even see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's stuff that, again, if you just hear it from a different lens, it, it's, it's just nice to hear it over and again. And Gary's story told from a different perspective. And I mean, like I said, I got a glass desk that, and I've got an expo marker written all over my desk right now. So I, I really gained a lot from this, man. So I really appreciate it. And I love the passion because you can feel it through, the, through my headphones right yeah. now. I you told you it. you're to love him, Blake. I told you. Um, you Sasha, like I doubted that, dude. Like, uh, listen, I didn't you doubt me. All, you, listen, you question me all the time and I do the same to you. So it's I fair. question you all I've the been, time, but not on this I know. <laughs> Which is fair most of the time, I'll be honest with you. This one, I was like, oh, dude, you're going to love Sasha. Sasha, I can't thank you enough. Honestly, like, I, like we really, if you had the time, we could go on for a long time. Because this, Blake, you're not joking. I have a full page of notes, actually a page and a half now. That's awesome. That's the that's a first for our podcast on this side of it anyway. So uh, we didn't talk about fart guns or anything, Blake. I'm embarrassed. So... <laughs> Hey, Sasha, thank you so much, guys. And we'll catch you next time on the All In Podcast. Thanks for listening to the All In Podcast. See you next time.